The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. I'm almost positive that girl who's wearing the awesome Batman hoodie does not care about Batman. <laughs> but it's got ears on the flaps. <laughs> yes, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Jackie just picked up a Batman hoodie with ears on the hood. Yeah, and also the the hood comes down over your face, so it makes you look like Batman. But um, <laughs> what we have discussed previously is that you really shouldn't wear something that you don't care about, and I don't care about Batman at all. <laughs> but I love the hood, and I got it for free. So I Also, I think Batman's one of those things that you're allowed to wear something that's Batman that you don't really care about. Batman. I mean, I've always wanted wanted to fuck Christian Bale and Michael <laughs> Keaton, George Clooney. I'll throw a Val Kilmer in there, so I feel like I at least have that going for me. Oh, but you, you've seen all the movies. I have seen. I've seen all the movies. All right, fine. Then you get. I officially, as a comic book person, I give you permission to wear Batman hoodie. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You can wear it whenever you want. You can put on the hood and pretend to be Batman. I'm gonna do it before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, what we were talking about today, uh, at least to start off with is how to replace that little dopamine button. Oh, God. Because we were talking uh, about um, we have a friend that spent way too much money on a jacket (laughs) because he hasn't uh, been smoking uh, and he's also trying to lose some weight so he doesn't have like the eating thing either. So he's trying to look for something to replace that little dopamine button that you get. When you have a cigarette, when you eat something that, you know, makes you feel really good but isn't necessarily very good for you. Uh, Or what I used to do in my case, one of the worst things, including the smoking and all that, is going out and buying some stupid shit. That's the thing. It's just retail therapy in general. Yeah, retail therapy. And I'd never heard this. uh, I'd never heard this whole uh, term before you mentioned it earlier. See, I grew up in a household filled with retail therapy. It was food therapy and also retail therapy. So there was a a time period when my mom was trying to lose weight. Instead, she would come home with five new pairs of shorts. And she's like, look, and they all look exactly the same. But what I find interesting about retail therapy is that the same with smoking, same with eating, same with a lot of addictions in general is that you still have that weird guilt afterwards oh man my god you have almost a because it's a tangible guilt you can look at your bank account and see the guilt or just not look at it at all and then just kind of forget about it until your account overdraws because you just bought a signed sonic youth record that you don't need yeah, but you don't need it, but it makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Look, there's, there's, there's Kim Gordon's signature right there, right next to Thurston Moore. That's what I used to do. That was my big addiction was records. And let me tell you, I now have a fantastic record collection. I really got into buying old punk records from the 70s, which in New York you can do. You can find them fairly easy, but they're also wildly fucking expensive, like $35 on like a Brian Eno record. Uh, Which you can't open those, right? Or do you listen to them? Oh, well, yeah, that's the whole point. Okay, yeah, I didn't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. It's like getting a dolly <laughs> that you can't open. It's like those families that had all the toys, but you can't touch any of them, but you've got the toys. <sighs> oh, that's just That just makes me so mad when people buy a toy and leave it in the box. What's the use? Why are you buying the toy? That's what I was, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really, I'm waiting for the day when all the Beanie Babies come back, you know, when, when that, when that stock rises, that I'm able to hawk all these Beanie Babies I got, because I got all the tags, the plastic things on the tags. Yeah, but you couldn't really do anything with a Beanie Baby besides just 
Cuddle it. What are you talking about? What no, did man. you? What did you do with them? I made them play. <laughs> they played together. The horrible, boneless masses that were Beanie Babies. Yeah, that was the best part. And then when you got mad at them, you just throw them against the wall and made that thud. <laughs> and that, I think, was my favorite part about Beanie Babies is that I could throw them against the wall and it, it made my anger subside for a moment. Yeah, that is true. I, I I could see you getting really into Beanie Babies as stress relievers. I have so many Beanie Babies. I have, my mom still has a whole closet filled with Tupperware containers filled with Beanie Babies. Except for my Princess Die Bear, because that still lives on the shelf. <laughs> well, that's the rarest one. I mean, I got my Princess Die Bear, I got my Jerry Garcia Bear. Oh, yeah, I got, actually, I got a Jerry Garcia Bear as well. My mom gave one to me uh, for Christmas, because my mom, out of nowhere, decided that I really liked the Grateful Dead. Have no idea why. <laughs> I don't like the Grateful Dead. You They're know? fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the biggest. I mean, I don't hate them, but I don't really like them either. Well, uh, it's the same thing. I think it's maybe like a retail therapy thing of like, they really like it. I'm going to buy this. Same with the Princess Die Bear, where like, I, at the time, I loved playing with the Beanie Babies. Fine, I had all these Beanie Babies, but that was when I was growing out of it. And it's like she spent $90 on the fucking Princess Die Beanie Baby when she first died. And so we have it. And she's like, well, I knew that you'd want this. Like, I don't want this one. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. I knew that you wanted this one. So I was like 10. Uh, well, you can get. There is one person selling a Princess Die Beanie Baby on eBay for ten thousand dollars. Oh, they're saying ten dollars. I thought that was more. More. It's well, most of them are selling them for like thirty bucks. Yeah. Uh, but there's you know another person selling it for four thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. No, you got to hold on to it. You got to wait. <laughs> I'm waiting. You got to wait just a little bit longer. Candle in the wind. Just a little bit longer. Boy, one person is charging ninety two thousand for one. My problem is that I would totally be into retail therapy if I had any money, but instead I don't. So I, which I think it's like comes back to the guilt of like, at least with retail therapy, that at the end of the day, you can bring it back. Yeah. If you feel that bad about it, you can bring it back. Um, or because like if you overeat, which I had a problem with throwing it up mm -hmm. and it's like, there's something about it, it's like, oh no, I have to, I have to write the mistake that I made. And so you go to any lengths. But what's interesting is that. With retail therapy, it, I think it's like an almost like an outsider thing where, not saying that throwing up is good at all, like bulimia is not good for you, it's all, it doesn't fucking work, yeah. obviously, and that at least there's, it's private. Mm -hmm. When it, when you have the guilt and you have that shame, and in talking to someone that is in a in a manic stage of retail therapy, it's the shame of having to bring it back that they can't deal with. Yeah, it's like oh that shows them that I can't afford it. That shows them that I can't. It's like no, it doesn't. People at a shop don't care no. if you don't want it anymore. They're not going to look at you bad. They don't care. No, they nobody don't cares. Yeah, they don't give a fuck whatsoever. Uh, and I. I don't think like I think there like let's let's talk about maybe some replacements for that sort of shit you know sure. like the sort of but let's talk about realistic replacements because when you're talking about it, it's like well you know what you can do you can go on a run yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking go on a run that's not the dopamine I'm probably gonna go after which it sounds great I mean it, it sounds, sounds it, it sounds yes you're right exercising does give you a dopamine rush it does it gives you a dopamine rush and there are definitely some people out there that are like yeah you know I fucking when I'm feeling bad I go on a, a bike ride or I go on a run or I go lift weights or something like that but let's be realistic here 
what I usually do when I because I do have a problem with buying things online. So I had to get rid of my Amazon Prime uh, because it made it too easy for me to one click buy things. Mm. And I do have that in my it's in my family. A thousand percent. Oh, it's prime. I don't have to pay shipping on this. I'm saving money. Get it in two days. And then it's just (laughs) I just one click. I don't even think about it. I don't even put anything in It's one click. Mm -hmm. So I had to get rid of it uh, because I can't trust myself. So what I do now is I clean and I organize things. Mm. And that's what I've started doing. Like, uh, I'll take on a project that doesn't cost me money where it's like, yes, if you want to take up an artistic thing and that's all great, but if it's like, I don't have any space for that. I don't like, if that's not what I'm looking for, if I'm looking for something right now that I need to do is that it's like pulling out everything underneath my bed. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's going on under here. And I always find stuff that I forgot about because personally, and I think a lot of people have this problem is I've got a lot of shit yeah. and I have so much shit that I don't even know I've got it. And I think that part of that, like, refinding things, if you pull everything out of your closet, look underneath, what the fuck's underneath your couch? Yeah. I have a whole dresser of things that are just stuff. Yeah. I don't know why. I, have, I It's <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you grew up in a house where my mom has at least seven mess drawers, is what she calls them. Yeah, we call them junk drawers. Junk drawers, yeah, yeah. junk drawers. And then, like, you open it up, and it's just like, why? <laughs> why do you have this? My mom has... Uh, in one drawer, there's 500, um, there are these jar openers, you know, the grippy circles? Yeah. That have my grandfather's name on them. <laughs> his name and his contact information, because when he worked for PepsiCo, he had all of these made instead of like cards, and he gave them out to people. So she has 500 of them in a drawer, and I was like, what are you going to do with these? Yeah, we know when you think about it. They're always useful. You could give them to anybody. You could give them to him as a present. I was like, with my dead grandfather's name on it. You're right. I'm going to start giving him out his fucking presents. <laughs> but she's like, but everybody always needs them. And you're right. I have 10 in my house. And I never have a problem opening up a jar. Can I have one? Yeah, of course you can have one. Anyone can have one. And I just want to go next time and just take them all from her. And I'm like, I won't throw them away, but I'm going to put them to use. Yeah, I'm going to give gonna them start- out. Yeah, I'll just write my name on the back of it and be like, no, not Jack Rannigan, Jackie Zabrowski. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just change it. <laughs> Wait, his name was Jack Brannigan? Jack Rannigan. Oh, Jack Rannigan. Yeah, I was named after him. Ah. So it'll be perfect. I'll just put the IE after it, just put the Zabrowski over it, and then I'll, that'll be my new calling card. Yeah, but it doesn't have all of his contact information on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, who doesn't need help opening up a jar lid? But these are the problems. These are the things where it's like, that does give you a weird, that does trigger me to be like, look, now I can open up this drawer and I can put other stuff inside of this drawer. You know, I do the same thing when I feel like my life is a little bit out of control. If I feel a little adrift, I rearranged my room or I rearranged my apartment or at the very least give it a real good cleaning Clean. or or I alphabetize my uh, comic books. I alphabetize my records, my regular books, anything that kind of gives me a sense of satisfaction because that's what you're looking for at you the end of the day. You want to see it. You want to see it. You want to be set. You're looking for a little tiny bit of satisfaction and that is a little bit of satisfaction that you can get because usually like the dopamine stuff like the little dopamine uh, rush you know I think what a lot of us are looking for is that instant dopamine rush you know I'm still you know chasing the fucking nicotine dragon you know I'm still you know doing the vape and all that type of stuff Uh, but and so because I'm looking for that little instant dopamine rush Uh, but there are definitely other ways to do it. it they're just not 
immediate. They just they take a little while to build up. You know, you kind of got to let it build up in your system. So going and rearranging some bullshit like that will give you the uh, satisfaction. Just might take a little bit longer. Right. But also, it's free. It's totally free. And doesn't hurt your body. It doesn't hurt anybody around you unless you throw a bunch of your, you know, roommate or your partner's stuff away, which I have done. Ooh. I try not to. <laughs> I usually have a pile and we go through the pile together. Yeah, yeah, you got to have yeah. the pile. Yeah, you yeah. have a pile. Yeah. But then the problem, you know, you don't want the pile to sit there. So you got to get, you know, you got to get, you got to do something about it. Yeah. But I just think that it's a fun thing. Uh, you know, go through some drawers, man. Yeah. Make yourself feel good. Yeah. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, man. I fucking did that. I'm a fucking drawer master. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked that drawer. And like, and also I think there's something about it that a lot of people don't want to do it. Yeah. But I think it's like just thinking about that end, man. I washed all the handprints off my walls. Because <laughs> I had a lot of handprints on my walls. And then a once I of... noticed them, I had to get rid of them. Well, yeah, there's a lot of drunk people in your house looking to stabilize themselves. Yes. And I have a staircase in my house that you have to hold onto the walls to get up. Mm-hmm. Lots of handprints. So, you know, just finding silly things that you're like, I can fix that. Yeah. Or fixing something where it's like, I fixed the shelf that was wobbly. And I took the thing off. And I, fi- I know nothing about fixing anything, but I knew I could do that. And then yeah. afterwards, I was like, look at that. But then, of course, everyone that comes in, I'm like, see that shelf? <laughs> and then I become my father. I'm like, hey, you see that? Fix that. I do the same thing. <laughs> when, people, when I fuck around, you know, when I fix stuff here in the studio and someone comes in, I'm like, hey, check out that door over there. You know, it was used to be fucked up. No, it's not anymore. No, it's not fucked up anymore. <laughs> They're like, no, of course not. Of course I never looked at why the door. Why would I open and, up this, yeah, why this would closet? I, why would I look at your closet door in the studio that I'm in twice a week? Well, I don't know. It was bothering me. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, it, you have to do things for yourself, and you just have to try and find things that aren't self-destructive sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the big thing, and I think that's what we're all coming back to, is that we're trying to find the little things that you can do to keep yourself from self-destructing. Uh, and that's a hard thing, because after you organize everything in your house, what do you do then? You wash all of your blankets. <laughs> which is what I also did the other day. When was the last time you washed your blankets? Never. Right? I've got- I've Wash actually- your blankets, and you get into the bed, you're like, damn, this is a clean-ass bed. <laughs> Think of all the people that sit on your bed. Think of all the stuff. You got your backpack, it's on the subway floor, you put it on your bed. Oh. You know? Think about it. Clean your blankets. <laughs> This is what I have been desperately trying to find things in my life that are free, that don't hurt me, Mm -hmm. to make me feel good about myself. Yeah. And these are some of them. Well, they're all valid. I do pretty much the exact same type of stuff, you know, the clean it. Like, I just rearranged my room completely, uh, and it made me feel pretty fucking good. And when I walk into my room, I think, ah. Right? Because I got a good library feel going on in there right now, and I very much enjoy that. Little by little, man, we all just got to get through the day. <laughs> <laughs> now my next thing is to figure out how to get more sunlight into my room because I have one window that faces an alleyway. Ooch. And it only shines in this awful Brooklyn blue light. Get some of those heat lamps. <laughs> Make it like a plant's room. Get some <laughs> plants and get the set up the lamps for it, and then it'll make you feel like yeah, you got a little more outside. A plant's room. All right. I oh. got a bunch of plants. The plants help. <laughs> okay, a plant's room. That's yeah. what I'm working on next. Plants get, room. Get myself a plant. Make myself a plant. Yeah. Get the oxygen in there. It's mm, a good idea. There's no airflow. 
oxygen plants. <laughs> All right, let's get to our letters <laughs> for today. What are we going to call this lady? Ooh. She said, give her a cool name. Uh, how about mm, Starflow Laser Shine? <laughs> now you're just naming. Now you're just naming words, right? Yeah. Starflow Laser Shine. That's all in the realm. I was thinking of like space. Yeah, space is where that came from. It's just short. It's Starflow. Okay. What up, Starflow? All right, dearest Marcus and Jackie. I like that, dearest. Maybe Laser Shine. Maybe Laser Shine. Is laser better. Shine. I like okay. Laser Shine. She seems like a Laser Shine. Okay. First of all, I love Cave Comedy Radio. Thank you. Every single show is unique and awesome in its own way. I found it in a time of my life when I was very lonely, and being able to laugh and cry along with you and all the other Cave Comedy talent has helped me immensely to be able to make it through these last couple years. It also has influenced my career choices, and I am now going into radio instead of film like I originally planned. I hope to one day have my own podcast half as good as, as yours. Thank you so much for the hard work you all put in, and thousands of others truly appreciate it. That's fucking that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's great. Fucking radio. Hell yeah, do it. It's yeah. great. Do it. It's wonderful. I've been doing it for 14 years now. Oh, it's the best part. I think it's like it's even better than being behind a camera because it's like, oh, I just get to talk. Yeah. And just... no one has to look at what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I've got a bad haircut right now. I just got a good haircut. Yeah, you do have a pretty great haircut. We're, we're not going to get into our haircuts right now. <laughs> now for her dilemma. I am a 21-year-old lesbian, and recently one of my friends, let's call her Jen, had approached me about experimenting together. She had, in the past, asked me if I would be interested in having threesomes with her boyfriend, let's call him Ethan, but I always turned them down because I felt no attraction to Ethan whatsoever. This time, Jim told me that she had talked to Ethan about just she and I sleeping together, and he said that it was fine. Jen and I had also made out in front of Ethan before, so I knew he was at least okay with that, so I assumed she was telling the truth. I eventually agreed and we had sex. Nothing was awkward afterwards between the two of us. We have maintained our friendship, though we have never truly had a conversation about what happened. We haven't done anything sexual since then either. However, as time went on, I became more and more suspicious that Jen hadn't actually told Ethan that we had slept together. It's hard to explain, but things that he has said have led me to believe that he has no idea. I would never have agreed to this had I known he wasn't told ahead of time. Jen, Ethan, and I hang out regularly, both at work and outside of it, so that adds a whole other complex layer to this fucked up story. I feel like an idiot for even agreeing to do this with someone in a relationship in the first place, even though I was led to believe they were both fine with it. Jen, Ethan, and I have been good friends for about two years, and Jen is probably my best friend in the city I currently live. I don't want to ruin this friendship, but I also feel like this might be a dark cloud over us that will turn into a full-on storm if I ignore it for much longer. Should I talk to Ethan about it just to be sure that he knows, or should I talk to Jen first? She seems to want to avoid the subject as much as possible. Either conversation is going to be awkward. I just don't know how to best approach this situation. Any advice is much appreciated. Thank you for reading, and once again, all of you over at Cape Comedy Radio are awesome. You go fuck! You go fuck! You go fuck! Hell yeah. Gotta talk to Jen first. Gotta talk to Jen first. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you gotta find out what's going on. And just, you know, when you guys are hanging out, you know that she'll tell you the truth yeah. at some point. If you straight up ask her, you know, I think in the middle of just you guys actually hanging out, I think it should be something that I wouldn't say 
be like, okay, I'm going to go ask her to, you know, go get a drink tonight and, and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think it should be something that is natural that if you're talking about stuff and you kind of feel like this is the right time that I should bring this up, I think it should be a natural insert into a conversation, especially since you've gone so long. And I do think it is, you should talk about it because you're right. It will get to a point that you're going to say something in yeah. front of both of them and and it seems like if you've get that vibe that he doesn't know about it, he doesn't fucking know about yeah, it. Yeah, he definitely doesn't know about it. He oh. would definitely, I feel like he would have brought it up. I don't know. I don't think he would have brought it up. You don't think so? No, I don't. I really don't think so. I, I think it's very, it's also possible that he just doesn't want to think about it at all. It's possible that he may be regretted, regretted saying, yeah, go ahead and fuck her. Uh, and it's possible that he is very much... Like, okay, let's just forget that that ever happened and move on. Which also, it seems like Jen wants to do the same thing. Yeah. And and if that's what it was, that maybe, you're right, maybe he did say yes, and maybe he was like, he regretted it, and that's something that was an issue in their relationship that they have dealt with, or they are currently dealing with. That's why I definitely go to Jen and bring it up first. And it's going to be hard because yes. you're pretty much calling her a liar. Yeah, but I don't think that, I, I think that you can broach it in a way of being like, I just feel like I get this vibe that he doesn't know about it. Yeah. And I don't know why. Is there a reason why? Is, is it something that he regretted saying? I would say more go from it first of that, like, he regretted, like, that he wasn't happy with his decision rather than straight out saying, like, I don't think he said it. Yeah. 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 It's like, was it like, was he kind of weird about it? Because right. it, it seems like he wants to ignore that it ever happened. And the fact that it definitely happened. Definitely happened. Yeah. But stuff like this, especially among friends, it, it's just once sex comes into it, even if it's just like, yeah, let's just fuck, whatever, things are never the same again. No, they're not. That's but just That's just the fact of it. I have had friendships where we have all intermittently slept with each other in different time periods, but, uh, and it wasn't, but this was also a very specific group of friends I had that we did a bunch of drugs together, and it was a very, like, experimental time period for all of us, who so mm-hmm. we were all going through the same thing, so it was a lot of, like, never ever discussing what happened last Thursday. Yeah. We're just like all just like look at each other. It's like, all right, we're never going to talk about that ever again. Yeah. And she's 20. This girl's 21. Right. Uh, so it's possible that she's, I'd imagine this went on around the same age for you. I was a little bit younger. A little bit younger. Yeah. 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 Too young to be doing what I was doing. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah but you know, know, we all. We all. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, we, uh, I feel like if I had been 21, I probably would have wanted to at least bring it up. If I was in this situation, I was in a situation with sleeping. It was the same thing, but with a boyfriend mm. that like that my friend said that I could sleep with her. It was that similar kind of thing. Yeah. But we it, it was all discussed. Yeah. And it was that thing that like we never talked about it ever again, but it was never I never had that inclination. Like, I knew she gave me the okay to do it. It was, you know, it was a time period. Yeah, we've all done weird sexual things. But I got the okay from her specifically, which yeah. maybe this is a lesson that you learn from this, is that if this is something that goes on, you have the conversation explicitly with all people involved, whether one partner is going to be there or not. It should be all discussed out in the open rather than like, no, 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 they said it's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I I just think it's like that's what you take from this, and that sucks. But just talk to her about it. You know, also the fact that you guys are all cool means it's not the end of the world, no matter what. No, it's not the it's not the end of the world. The fact that it, it's all you know still going on, uh, and you know that that's and you know I know she's your best friend in the city and everything like that. Like the this. I understand that these things, sometimes you have to make compromises in friendships, uh, that sometimes you're like, oh, okay, well, she did do that kind of shitty thing, but, oh, well, none of my business. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, she did, because it wasn't that she, like, convinced you, I mean, yeah, I guess, well, no, that's actually pretty bad because she actually lied to you to get something that she wanted. Uh, if that's the case. If that if that's the case. You know, when she's like, oh, I kind of want to experiment. I kind of want to see what's going on with this Which is understandable to experiment with a close friend. Like, if you're able to, you know, get past that, which a lot of people aren't. And the yeah. fact that you guys are able to get past that, that's great. But experimenting with a close friend, you know, is is easy. It's safe. Yeah. It's someone that you trust, too. So it's understandable why she wanted to do this with you. Um, but I do think that also part of being best friends is sometimes calling each other out and talking about shit you don't want to talk about. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you might go a few days with being uncomfortable and, and, and not wanting to talk about it, but you get past it because that's part of, I mean, I think we've all had best friends where it's like, I've had screaming matches Mm -hmm. with my best friend. (laughs) I mean, open, like hands down. There was a year and a half where we didn't talk to each other. Yeah. So, you know, it. It's an ebb and flow of of friendship sometimes, which sucks. Sucks, but that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I think the best way to do it, like Jackie said, is just uh, approach it delicately, but approach it with her. Yes. Yeah. And chill. Just do a chill, man. Chill. Just like, hey, he seems a little, like he doesn't really, like, he, he doesn't really seem like he acknowledges it at all. It's like, is he... Cool with was it? he still cool with is it? Is he still like, cool with it? Like afterwards, like was he weird afterwards or right. anything like that? Is he just trying to forget it or what? Um, I, I don't know. You and know, see where it goes from there. See where it goes from there. But always make sure that you're comfortable with stuff like this, uh, and I don't know. Take it as a lesson. Uh, and next time, if you end up in this situation again, uh, then you know, be sure to talk to the other person as well as like. Yeah, okay, you know, like, yeah, we can do this, but let me just talk, let me, like, get the go-ahead from both of you, like, because I want to talk to him to make sure that he actually is cool with it, uh, because sometimes dudes just go along with stuff like this when they're not actually cool with it. I have been that dude that has gone along with stuff like this, saying, like, oh, yeah, totally, I'm cool. Like, don't worry about me being a prude. I'm totally a cool right, be- dude. Because it is. I feel like it's the thing that comes up of like, well, I don't want to be seen as a prude. Yeah. And it's like, I, it's such a weird, I, I mean, it's not weird. I understand that like, it's like, no, 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 I'm chill. I, I'm down with anything. <laughs> but it's also okay to be true to yourself to straight up be like, you know what? I'm really just not comfortable with you doing that. Yeah. Because that's being in a relationship where sometimes you got to be like, you know, I know that you're into this thing and it's just not something I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not comfortable. I don't know if this is the type of thing that I want to get into. And that's fine. It's totally fine to tell your partner that. But be honest with both them and yourself as far as shit like this goes uh, because it it can get a little sticky yeah. if you're not careful. Yeah. yeah. It next- always does get sticky, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, there's nothing I love more than stick. sticky. Sticky. Give me sticky. All right, next letter. What are we going to call this? is a, another gal. Ooh. 
How about uh, Lime City? <laughs> Not like the disease. I just looked at the lime in my jizzy. <laughs> lime Jizzy City. Lime Jizzy City. That's right. Hello, Marcus and Jackie. Hope everything is good with you guys. I got a letter within a letter for you. About seven months ago, my mental health forced me to drop off the face of the earth. As a result, my best friend and I stopped talking. And by that, I mean I reached out to her, even though I mentally wasn't ready to, and I never heard from her again. Until three days ago when I got this letter in the mail. This is the letter in its entirety. The past six months, this is the letter from the friend. The past six months, I've been thinking about what to say to you, and to be honest, I still don't know. I think about you every day and constantly go to text you, but then realize it's been months since we've spoken. These past months have been lonely, exciting, and kind of crazy for me. I got a new job, and I feel like I've changed a lot in a positive way because of it. I feel like I owe you an explanation as to why I stopped talking to you. To put it straightforward, I couldn't be unhappy anymore. My problems and your problems just became too much for me to handle. I don't want you to think that I'm putting it all on you because it's not your fault. I just felt like I couldn't keep you and myself happy. I know you were going through things, and I'm sorry I wasn't there to help and be there for you. I should have been a better friend. I'm sorry for that. It tears me up every day. I really hope that you can forgive me, but it's understandable if you don't. I really can't believe I did this to you. You really don't deserve it. I would like to maybe catch up sometime if you're down and maybe rebuild our friendship. If you give me a chance, I will be a better friend, I promise. I miss you. That's the letter. And then now back to our girl. I'm so conflicted. Part of me can't help but feel like it's too little too late, but on one hand, I do miss her, or at least what our friendship used to be, and on the other hand, I'm still so mad that I don't think I can look at this rationally. I don't know what to say to her, or if I should say anything at all. When I first read this, all I could feel was anger. I felt like, despite her saying that she wasn't, she was blaming me for her unhappiness. Both of us have had our struggles with mental health, and we both seem to be going downhill at the same time. And I felt what she was feeling and not wanting to take on both our problems. I could see her getting worse, too, and at times her problems could annoy me. But when I... but when she would start to drift away, I would text or try to talk to her, ask her if everything was okay or if she needed anything because I did care about her. But when I started drifting away, I didn't hear a word from her. In an attempt to keep what I thought was an important friendship intact, I texted her a few weeks to let her know why I disappeared. Like I said earlier, I got no reply. During this time and for a couple months after, I was working pretty diligently on doing things I shouldn't have been and disassociating to the point of not recognizing myself in the mirror. Eventually, though, I got sick of doing the things I was doing and feeling so numb I wasn't sure if I even existed anymore, and I got my shit together. I went back to therapy, got a psychiatrist, and started new medication that has improved my life so greatly. I didn't know it was possible for me to be this happy. I'm in such a good place now, and I know I'm a completely different person in a good way, but I don't know if it's a good idea for us to be friends again or that I even want to be. I've asked people in my life what I should do, but I feel like maybe they're too close to me to give me an unbiased answer, so I'm reaching out to you guys in hopes of some neutral advice. Should I get in contact, or if so, what the fuck do I say, or should I just move on and let the past be the past Lime City. I don't know. I think your friend actually did the right thing. Like, I think it sounds like that she uh, saw that you guys are, I mean, she does sound like a little bit more of the more selfish one of the relationship. A lot of times that's how friendships can go. Very rarely are friendships completely and totally equal. A lot of times there's one person that reaches out to the other person uh, a little more. Uh, and so... That's just kind of a relationship dynamic that happens sometimes. It's not necessarily terrible. Uh, It's just kind of how people are. Uh, But it sounds like that she recognized that you guys, at the time at least, 
were in a toxic kind of relationship uh, where you were making each other unhappy. Uh, you were uh, being kind of a bad influence on each other. Uh, she stepped back. You stepped back. Uh, you got yourself together, uh, which is great. It sounds like you're doing amazingly. Congratulations for getting help. Congratulations uh, for sticking with it. Uh, I I think you should get in contact with her. I think you should. I think you should say like, and I think you should do it the same way. Like, I don't think you should text her. That's very impersonal. Write her a letter and say, hey, but this is, like, you know, I appreciate you giving me your letter. I forgive you. If you do, it's up to you whether you uh, forgive her or not. Uh, but it seems like, um, you know, like Jackie was saying on the last letter, you know, she went a year and a half without talking to her best friend. Uh, and I think that you can give it another shot. Sounds like it's a good. It was a good friendship, uh, and if it ends up being a uh, toxic influence again, if you end up getting into it and noticing your mental state deteriorating, then you can admit. Sometimes you have to admit, like, "Hey, we shouldn't hang out. Like, this is we're bad for each other. We're super bad for each other." Uh, I had drug buddies like that. Jackie, you had drug buddies like that. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that this letter does very much hit home for me with someone that I do every once in a while keep in contact with of someone that was very bad for me. We were bad for we were bad for each other. And it is someone that like now I see the last time I was contacted she was like, I'm doing better. Everything's great. I'm back. I'm back on track. And I had heard it so many times before that I was like, I don't trust it. And now, and this was about two years ago. And now I see on Facebook and stuff that she has. And it comes to a point where it's like, it takes a lot for somebody to write a letter like this. Mm. As someone that has been weirdly on again, off again, estranged with with a very, very good friend for many, many years that we just go in and out of it, that getting a letter like this, I completely understand that you get it and you're just like, fuck you, mm -hmm. fuck you, fuck you for now, everything's fine and you're gonna come to me and you think that everything's so great and it's hard to get, to leave the anger out mm -hmm. of it. I would say that like getting this letter, it is a difficult hand out. And like like a, a, an extension of friendship that is a difficult letter to write. I think you should write this person back if you want to, but wait until you're not as angry about it. I think it's something that you should digest, take in and think, is this a person that I should have in my life? Mm -hmm. That you said that you were always there for her and, and she didn't, she just cut you out, which also sometimes it's just, sometimes people aren't strong enough to deal with someone else's mental health issues with someone else's drug issues sometimes they which is what we were talking about last week where it's like sometimes they have to let go of that friendship for a bit and the fact that she still dreams about you and this fact that she still wants you in your life it means that she has gained her strength that now she wants she's up to your level and that's scary it's scary for her, it's scary for you, and it's amazing that you're fucking getting your life back on track, which is so hard to do, and maybe she's doing the same thing. And that now she feels like, I, I do miss you. And raw feelings like this are terrifying. Yeah. 
and it's I, I don't think it's something that should be taken lightly and I completely understand why you even wrote it why you're thinking about this so much you know it is it's anytime I get a letter from her I I cry for hours and then like I sit for a week and I think about it and the thing is is that I haven't I haven't been strong enough in my friendship and I know that so that's why this letter is hard yeah, it's a rough one. It, it's really rough. And, and it could be that, you know, you said that you were the one that was always there for her. And, you know, and she said that she kept going back to her. You know, she's, she kept going back and texting you. And, that you know, it got the time just got longer and longer and longer. It could be that she felt guilty that you were the one that was constantly there for her and that you were the one and she wasn't there for you anywhere near as much. It could be that she's like, ah, oh, well, she didn't need me around. You know, like, ah, well, like, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm nothing but a burden to her, which is something that a lot of people with depression feel. Uh, and that's why a lot of people with depression pull back is because they feel that they are a burden on others. Uh, and I'm sure everybody out there who, who suffers from depression at one point or another in your life have felt like a burden on everyone else. I know I've definitely felt that pretty fucking hard. Uh, and it causes you to pull back from people, especially people that uh, you depend on for a little while. Once you get to a certain point in, in depression, people that you have depended on, uh, you eventually get to the point, if you don't get help with it uh, and you don't really do anything about it and you just kind of let the depression overtake you, that's when you start pulling back from your support systems. Uh, that's when you start feeling like a burden, uh, and that's when you start going inward, and that is, right there, that's another stage of depression. That's like you're, you've moved on to the next part. Right. Uh, and that is when you, if you feel yourself pulling away from people, if you feel like you're thinking you're a burden, that's when you really need to get help. That's when yes. you really need to get professional help. Uh, because sometimes what that means uh, is... If you're starting to feel like a burden and your friends are all just sort of like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to do for you anymore. That means you need professional help. Right. That doesn't, that means that it is your depression. Uh, it, it's beyond just, oh, cheer up, kiddo. You know, it's beyond a funk. That is full on depression if you feel yourself pulling back. Uh, and it sounds like your friend went through that it sounds like she felt that she, it sounds like she went through a withdrawal period uh but she said that she's starting to feel a lot more positive uh in her life uh it sounds like you're starting to feel a lot more positive in your life and i think it's time for you to write that letter i think also it's weirdly like this like friendship connection when you've known someone for so long or if you are really really good friends with them, or you've gone through the shit with somebody that it's like I, it sounds silly, but it's like the dreaming and all that stuff. It's like you can feel it when you're both ready to try it again. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, a lot of people out there have felt that before, whether it's an estranged you know, friend or, or family member or anything like that. When you feel that need to connect to somebody, I think there's a reason behind it. And like I said, you know, I, I think you should in your own time write back, but also say how you feel. If you don't forgive her, you don't forgive her. Yeah. And that's something that if, if you guys want to move forward, you can work on. But you don't need to, don't feel the pressure of being like, hey, I miss you too. I love you too. Let's get back into this. Because that's a, it's, it's an easy thing to want to do to be like, you know what? Let's forget about all this. When on the inside, you're like, but I don't forget about all this. I have all of this inside of my head. So just 
if you decide to write back to her in your own time, take it easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think the there was a very good letter that she wrote where it wasn't too in depth. It wasn't too like about her issue. It wasn't too much. It was just enough to be like, hey, it was just a tap on the shoulder and being like, I'm thinking about you. I miss you. And just take it and do with do with it what you need to. Yeah. It's all up to you. Remember, you're the only one that can decide in the end what the best thing is for you. And that does it for our letters for today. If you want to uh, write us an email uh, asking us a question or commenting on something that we said today, uh, the email address is cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And uh, make noise and be free, fuckers. Hell yeah, you go fuck. You go fuck. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.